Hey guys, and welcome to the Marriage Millennials podcast. It is 8.52 p.m. on November 17th, so thanks for listening again, or if you're new, hello there. I'm your host, Rochelle Ham, creator of marriagemillennials.com, a blog that discusses God's design for family, teaches women to honor Christ before marriage, and prepares younger women for family. To put things in my real time, the blog is in the strategically single phase. What this means is that I do not address specific issues about marriage at this time because I'm not married. Instead, my current focus is teaching women to honor Christ before a man and preparing them for a family if that is a current desire that they have. Now, before we get started, as always, I want to tell you where you can keep the convo going with me after the end of this podcast, as well as some housekeeping for the site. Um, as always, every time, without fail, this will be posted on the site, marriagemillennials.com. So if you have any questions, feel free to comment below on that post, or you can also visit the Facebook page, backslash MFMillennials. My Twitter and IG handle is Rochelle Ham. That's going to be R-O-C-H-E-L-E-H-A-M. So feel free to follow and talk with me there as well. Also, the podcast is on iTunes and SoundCloud, of course. So subscribe so that you won't miss a beat. Just type Marriage Millennials in the iTunes search bar or SoundCloud and it will pop up. Last thing, if you've been following or even if you haven't, I've created the Dating Detox, which is my first crash course that teaches you how to ditch the dating game and create your single strategy. So feel free to head to the site to check that out. Um, I want to thank the people who have already downloaded it. As always, give me some feedback. Let me know what you liked or what you did not like. That way I know what to address and that way I know if you like the content that you are receiving. Um, But once again, it is free and it's for everyone from the single and content to the many of you that may be desiring a godly relationship. So go cop that. Alrighty guys, let's jump in. All right. Hello. Hello. I hope you guys are doing well and I hope that you guys are having a good week. Hoping that my garage band does not fail me today. (laughs) This week, I want to talk about what I've learned about friendship and how I plan to move forward in friendship. Um, This is another podcast, a part of the nine podcast series in regards to things that I've learned that I'm taking with me into my 25th year, the big two five. Okay. So this topic, like I said, is going to be about friendship. Um, I've had my share of changes, ups and downs, regrets, fallouts, love, hate, um, really close bonds, and everything you can think of all in the name of friendship. Um, I come from a family that's not really close. We don't call each other. Like we can literally go years without speaking. And, you know, and when we disagree, we're at war. Um, You know, I didn't come from the picture perfect family that it looks like everyone has on social media. Um, I wasn't used to seeing many cherished friendships as I grew up. So that's something that I want to get into today, how to um, kind of progress through that point in your life and get to a better place in regards to friendship. So yeah, back to my family structure. Like I said, I wasn't used to seeing many cherished friendships as I grew up. Um, my mom, you know, she did have a best friend, but she later died of a brain aneurysm um, shortly after we moved to Georgia. And since ever since then, it's, my mom really hasn't had her, her like role dog that is her best friend. So I was never used to it much growing up um, in regards to like having a friend, sticking with that friend and, you know, being there through tests and trials. That wasn't my story. I didn't have siblings to teach me that. It was just me. And so I'm kind of learning things on my own. Besides that, every time I would get close to a female and bring her around the house and just introduce them to my mom, um, just so my mom could get to know them and we can kind of be like really cool, close with the family. You know, when they left, my mom would always ask me 
if I was a lesbian. Um, and, you know, I although I don't think she meant any harm, you know, it's probably just, you know, another thing that crazy Jamaican parents do. Um, it stuck with me and it made me really hesitant to get into friendships. Needless to say, uh, what you can already tell from what I'm saying is friendship was hard for me for many reasons, right? So to you listening to this, you may be evaluating or re-evaluating your circle of friends, or maybe you're like I was, just trying to figure out how to tackle the idea of friendship in itself all on your own. Um, that's what I want to address today, and I hope that you um, get something from this that you can take with you as you move forward in your life. All right, so, you know, I remember growing up as an only child and making friends with those people on the same block as me in New York, Bronx, New York. You know, we had good fun, but although we spent so much time together, um, most of us never kept in touch. And besides um, my friend that I do have that actually moved down here with me, my longest friend, Rika, but the fact that I never kept in touch with people even after spending so much time with them, um, which I'm pretty sure is based on my family, that started a cycle with a lot of the associateships that I have had. So, you know, I go to high school, middle school, all that jazz, moved to Georgia, all that jazz. Long story short, when I got to college, I wanted to change a lot of things, especially my idea of friendship. You know, I wanted that group of girls that all know each other and that all hang out and that all do sleepovers. You know, I wanted that so bad. And, you know, in a way, I did find friends in college. You know, one of my best friends used to be my college roommate. Um, and I have people that I still keep in touch with today. But more often, I was able to be in many social circles, but not really able to create lasting relationships that would move past, you know, nights of no substance, really, where alcohol was necessary to function. <laughs> So it took a while, but through the years, I've developed a system that works for me in regards to friendships. And I would love to share about four to five things um, to think about when creating your squad. One, be real, you care. In society, we do this thing where everyone is trying so hard to make the general public think that we don't care about anything. Like, nonchalant is the key to everything. We walk around, our heads held up high, we don't have any emotions, we don't really care, I'm above this, right? I'm constantly introduced to people who you can literally see right through, you know, the I'm above this facade that they're trying to sell you. Like, I, I'm literally, I literally sit there like, I'm not buying it. I was doing some research and I found that psychologists actually say that perfection or the idea that we don't care about anything actually correlates with depression, anxiety, eating disorders, and many other mental health problems. So listen, there's always going to be some underlying reason of why a person acts the way they do. And when a person constantly has to present to society that they don't have any emotions and they don't care about things, there's something there that is making them act the way they act. At the end of the day, though, we're social creatures. You know, we want people around us. And to say that you don't is, is honestly doing yourself and your personal development a disservice. As well as this, intimate relationships aren't the only ones that break our heart when they end. And I think that we need to be more transparent in that regard. Sometimes failed relationships break our hearts. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've a friendship has ended and I have, I think with almost every friendship, where I have 
just been heartbroken. Like, dang, like I, I was really close to this person and now I'm not. And it sucks. And it's, it sucks, you know? Um, and I can't tell you how many times I see a meme on social media that is basically saying how we love cutting people off or some other petty sociogram that makes us victorious, right? And the person who we lost contact with, they're the ones that missed out. We don't care. It's your bad. You're bad that you lost me, right? And when I see that, what that tells me that is that they're still hurt from that situation. Like the fact that you took the time out of your day to post that on social media means that you're still hurt. I've done it. I have. So I know. At the end of the day, we uh, we care, and it's okay to say that. Um, and I think it's very important because once you begin to embrace that, you can then start to figure out how you want to go about letting people come into your life. One to lessen your chances of heartbreak, and two to accept heartbreak when it does occur. Two, stick to your standards. I used to make myself feel really bad for wanting friends that were super loyal. Like, if I'm not there, I don't have to worry about what they're going to say when I leave the room or I don't have to worry about what they're going to say in my absence. You know, I used to make myself feel really bad for wanting that, you know, Friends that you didn't have to go through the shady, petty crap with, that didn't have to haze you to be your friend, and that truly supported you. Um, you know, I wanted sisters. I wanted a close-knit group of friends that I was very bonded with, um, that knew my parents. I knew their families. They knew mine. Like, sisters. And I realized that everyone can't step up to the plate in that area. You know, I was always told, you know, people aren't perfect, Rochelle. Let things go, right? Don't expect so much from people all the time. And, you know, while I do believe in forgiveness, you know, we are all flawed humans and your friends will disappoint you at times. There is a clear difference, though, between friends that make you upset at times and people that are just bad people and who don't mean you any good. We have standards for everything else in our lives. Why don't we have standards for the people that we, who we consult with the most? Not only is it necessary to be a good friend for a friendship to work, it's free. <laughs> it's, I tell people this all the time. It is so free to be a good person, a good, kind person. It's free and it doesn't cost anything. So when something like that is free, that means that it's going to come down to a heart issue. Meaning that if you don't have it, and you're not willing to look to Christ to change that in you, then I'm sorry, honey, but you just don't meet my standards and you respectfully just can't be my friend. Stick to your standards because once you start to just let random people in your life or just people in your life just for the sake of having people, you start to become not only a pleaser, but you just start to get twisted. And twisted and turned in many different directions and you start to lose yourself. So stick to your standards and gravitate towards people who you know mean well for you. Three, be a good friend. Be a good friend and go the extra mile. Um, one thing I'm making an effort to do is to go the extra mile with my friendships in my upcoming years. Um, you know, I told you guys that I never call my friends, right? I literally never call. Um, a lot of the times, sometimes I'll text or sometimes it's just my friends reaching out to me just because they love me so much. But I had to think, like, why would I put myself on a pedestal so high to think that my friends are the only people who have to do the work in this friendship? It doesn't work that way. Right? 
And at a certain point, your family disadvantages isn't an excuse. It's not an excuse anymore for your actions once you get to a certain age. Um, I just finished reading The 10 Times Rule by Grant Cardone. If you have been following me on Snapchat, you've seen me Snapchat some um, quotes and you also saw that I finished a book. Um, in a nutshell, the book basically talks about how we can achieve success in any area of our lives by taking a 10 times massive action approach to life. And I really want to do better at being a better friend. I know, man. Like, I can't want these loyal sister-like girls if I am acting like the the stepbrother who doesn't want who doesn't want you. You know what I mean? So, I'm committing to only calling my friends until it's a habit for me. Like, no texting, no nothing. They can text me, but I'm gonna call. And if they don't answer, I'm gonna leave a message. Like, I am so determined to do this until it becomes a habit. Why? Because I want to get myself in the habit of showing up. Because showing up and going above and beyond is telling my friends that I respect you enough to make time for you. You know, we can all make excuses for how busy we are, but they're excuses. <laughs> there literally are excuses. Like when I want to do something, when I was with my personal trainer, I would get up at 4 a.m., drive almost an hour, work out, drive almost an hour back because I wanted to lose the pounds that I lost. There's literally no excuse. You're just making, so stop making excuses and show up. Four, understand that distance is okay. Sometimes you have to understand that you are going to be the caterpillar that constantly evolves and gets your, you know, and becomes a butterfly. And your friends may not be. They may be the ones who just are content with staying in the same place, um, And that may not necessarily be a bad thing for them, but it just may not work for where you're going, right? Sometimes distance is necessary, and it doesn't mean that the person is your enemy. This is something that I had to learn because I was a very black and white person. Oh, you ain't rocking with me? Cool. I'm going to show you how much we ain't rocking with each other. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I had to just learn that, no, it's like it it doesn't necessarily mean all of that all the time. Now, of course, you're going to have people who basically want to stop being your friend just because they want a green light to talk crap about you and not feel bad about it. But there are some genuine people who is like, there's no love lost. We're just not at the same place that we were. For example, I've had you know many former mentors in my life. I think that was one of the things that really helped me a lot is that I always looked up to people and gravitated to them and took what I could from the relationship that we had at that time. So yeah, I've had former mentors in my life that I lost touch with, you know, once I was no longer a mentee. And that used to make me so upset with them because I felt like, you know, how could you abandon me like that when we were once so close? You know, like mentors are people who you share your deep, dark secrets, the ugly sides of you. So to lose contact with a person like that, you're kind of just like, how could you just walk away or like or what happened to us? You know what I mean? But as I've grown, I've had to accept the fact that I grew. That's the biggest thing. I grew. The reason why. Our relationship has distance is because I am no longer the mentee. I am now the mentor to someone else. Now I don't have 50 million things going wrong in my life where I need to consult with someone. I took charge of my life and things are great. So it's not that I don't need them anymore, but that mentor place that they served in my life is now filled. So of course, you know, if we don't necessarily have 
anything outside of that, we're just gonna distance our distance just naturally because the thing that once held us together is no longer needed. And you know, maybe that person was just that, a mentor and not a friend, you know? Um, but besides mentorship, you know, some friendships they grow apart and sometimes you realize who wasn't even your friend to begin with. So you're gonna have some friends where it's like, yeah, I used to kick it with you and turn up in college, but I'm not really on that anymore and you are. So we're not going to really talk or hang out as much. But then you're going to have some people who you knew were always gunning for, for you from the beginning. And you can say, okay, I'm at a place in my life where I don't have to take this anymore and I'm done. Those people who weren't even your friends to begin with. And it's okay. You need to learn to be at peace with all forms of distance when it comes to your friendships and just try to make the best of the situation. Um, Don't try to make it to be any problems, any beef, and also be open to rekindling a friendship if that's what God wants. You know, sometimes, you know, we just say, okay, I don't want to be your friend anymore, or we cast people out of our lives, and then years down the line, that person's back in their life. It's happened to me before. So I've I've never been a person where I'm just kind of like, eh, this person, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, you know, because to me, that just makes me feel like you're still hurt about it, you know? So just also be open to the fact that you may actually rekindle that relationship and the distance that was once there may bring you guys together. So that brings me to five, forgive. This is going to always go without saying. I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Um, Forgive your friends and move on. Wipe it under the rug. You know, God says to repent to your brother and sister before trying to do anything for the Lord. So let it go. You know, how can you pray to God to forgive you when you fail to forgive your brother and sister that you see every day? or that you know is on your social media that you haven't reached out to. You know, we've, just, we've simply got to do better, myself included. Um, so show love and be willing to be the light and show others the forgiveness that you receive every day from Jesus Christ. It's so easy to say, though, and so actually hard to do, but it is vital for you as a person, as a business, and more importantly, as a child of God. All right, guys. Well, that's all I have for you today. Thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, this is going to be posted on the site, marriagemillennials.com. So please direct all of your questions to the site. Feel free to comment below on that post, or you can also visit the Facebook page, backslash MF Millennials. Um, my Twitter and IG handle is Rochelle Ham, so feel free to follow and talk with me there as well. Also, the podcast is on iTunes, so subscribe so you won't miss a podcast. Or you can go directly to SoundCloud and you can find it there as well. Uh, Just type in Marriage Millennials in the iTunes search bar and it'll pop up. So I hope you guys have a great rest of the week. As always, remember to look for a second thing to be grateful for. The first thing being that you're alive. Love you, ladies. Take care. Bye. Hey guys, Rochelle here. Just wanted to come to you with a PSA, a public service announcement. I wanted to give some props to the music that you hear on this podcast. These two songs are songs that I thought were not only great for the podcast, but just great in general. The first one that you hear that opens the podcast is Myron Butler, Set Me Free. That's my jam. And the one you're listening to right now is KB Drowning. Uh, Listen to the lyrics, love the songs as much as I do. And if you love it enough, purchase them. Please support your local and just even mainstream Christian artists. Alrighty guys, take care.
brag about my status. Am I making people jealous? I know I ain't happy, I know. Never found joy, I can only find distractions. I'm trapping, can you catch me? I'm falling. Trying to make my way to the shore, but I'm calling now. I'm a big gone by the morning. I can feel the heat coming down. Don't let me drown. Throw the line before I drown. Pull me up now before I drown. Throw it up before I drown. Can you say? Upstream drink, there is no fee. Better never won't be satisfied. So free every day, no fling. I'm safe. 